Okay, welcome to episode 53 of the Pushing Rubber podcast. My name is Adam Piggott. I'm your host with the leastest uh, coming to you from the sunny climate of Holland. Who would have thought it? Nice warm day today, kicking off the end of the European summer. Lots to talk about. Let's just get straight into it. Um, I'll just go in the order that I've written stuff here. Uh, the things that have just popped up on my radar over the last week and there's been a lot happening obviously around the place um we'll just go we'll do we'll, we'll go with the ones that are really easy to to just eliminate knock out of the park uh we'll start with with north korea uh and nuclear war um my attitude towards this is is and this is this is completely serious i'm not being flippant here in the least my attitude towards uh, North Korea is is really who gives a fuck. I mean, who gives a fuck about North Korea? If I was living in Seoul, I'd be giving a fuck. If I was living in Tokyo, I'd be giving a fuck. But North Korea, uh, what Kim Il Jung Jr., whatever his name is, I just think he's got a look. By the look of it, he's he's you can't even call this saber rattling. He's just got a death wish, or he's completely imbecilic and if he really is that imbecilic sooner or later that his own guys are just going to take him out when they realize that uh, what nuclear war what what nuclear war i mean the only (laughs) how many warheads what's it going to take yeah maybe they'll they'll get one missile and and land it maybe on the west coast of america well first of all this is the west coast of america so (laughs) once again who gives a fuck this is like lefty center. This is the the side of America that voted uh, the 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 most votes Hillary Clinton got were <laughs> on the west coast of America. So Kim Il Jung takes out San Francisco, <laughs> takes out Silicon Valley, takes out Google, <laughs> takes out Google. Yeah, I mean, what what's the downside again? What's the downside? Yeah? Oh, no, he's going to go for, for... How do you pronounce Guam? Is it Guam or Guam or something? I don't know. Guam? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Nobody gives a fuck about these places. And then what happens? Kim Il-jung gets this one missile off. What do you think happens to North Korea? What, 10 minutes later, 15, 20, however long it takes. Look, the United States might not be very good at fighting ragtag militias uh, from Vietnam <laughs> all the way through to... They, they, they were good at taking out a ragtag militia pretending to be an army, which is why that was the big mistake that Saddam Hussein made. Yeah? But uh, as regards to, to any other kind of guerrilla forces, the United States are just absolutely epically imbecilic. They're, they're just, their military is not up to the task. They're not set up for it. That They are set up for nuclear war. They are set up for that. You got to say they're the world experts. They're the world experts in nuclear war. And Kim Il Jung is rattling his sabers. Ah, oh, come on, man. Come on. Boom, bang. It's all over. And we lose San Francisco and Google. Wow. What a what an epic fucking tragedy that'd be. Um, so honestly, that's my that's my that's my honest honest thoughts on. I'm just not even I'm not even seeing it. I'm not even. I'm seeing headlines on the Australian and things like this that that. that the Prime Minister of Australia, Malcolm Turnbull, is like saying, oh, we'll stand with the United States. Really? You'll stand with the United States in nuclear war against 
against North Korea. How, how many nuclear weapons does Australia have, Mr. Malcolm Turnbull? What are you going to do? You're going to stand. You're going to stand, are you? You're going to stand. What, in Seoul? Where are you going to stand? What a fucking loser. So look, it's just, I see this, I, th- I saw the, I see these article headlines. I don't even, I don't even open them. It's just like North Korea, Pfft, whatever. And what, oh, the Facebook feed, oh my God. Trump, of course, this is just an excuse to have a go at Trump. Oh my God, Trump is out. He's crazy. There's going to be one crazy guy, dictator against another, because they're always, they're calling Trump a dictator. But the thing is, this, the North Korean thing was really set in motion um, in the modern era, because this has been going on since 1950. Don't forget. Um, why this is North Korea is actually interesting in this regard. North Korea is a really great example of what happens when you don't deal with a problem. That's what North Korea is. When you just put stuff on the back burner. Ah, this is too hard basket. Don't want to deal with this. What happens when you don't deal with something that's hard is it tends not to get easier as the years, as the time goes by. It tends. In some situations, it dissipates all of its own. I think Cuba was a good example of that. But the North Korea one, this has just been going on for ages. Um, and, uh, and now, of course, they're painting Trump as being the big disaster. What Trump is actually doing is he's dealing with the situation. He's stepping up and dealing with it. Whereas this has been going on since 2013. The, the Americans had the information that they're, they're releasing now since 2013, but Obama just, you know, played golf instead of dealing with it. So, so um, yeah, North Korea. I'll just let me scratch that one off. North Korea. This is what I wrote on my my pad for it. North Korea. Who gives a fuck? Um, I suppose the next one we're going to look at is Charlottesville and the alt right. The rally, the right rally, rally a rally to. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, God. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so organised by some guy uh, called James... No, hang on. What was his name? Um, um, let's have a look. you think I would have... I just don't learn, do I? Um, some guy who came out of nowhere, which should always be um, a real a real worry that some guy is going to come. Because I, I saw his name come up because Matt Forney was posting some stuff up on Facebook about not being able to make it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, not, and I'm like, not being able to make what exactly? Um... So, and so I, I, I did a little bit of digging around. This was before the rally happened because I was like, well, what is this? You know, because I always like to see, see what's going on. And, uh, and I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy that's organizing it? And um, let's, let's have a look here. Uh, I can't find it on mine, but Fox Day had something up on it. Um, Jason Kessler, there we go. Jason Kessler, they did some digging around after the fact that uh, last year he was he was a supporter of former President Obama and the Occupy movement. 
uh, and revealed his political transformation around November of 2016, the same month that then-candidate Donald Trump won the election. So, look, he's just... I've, I've written three posts in a row on my blog. Uh, the far left won a war, but not a fair one. Richard Spencer's not a leader, and you always need a potential upside. All about this... We want, Vox Day put his 16 points of the alt-right out and he wanted, the idea was that the, the alt-right would be like a, uh, an organic, an organic thing that didn't have any leaders like Gamergate was, which, which worked really well for Gamergate. And the reason, if you don't know that, why that worked really well is, is if there are leaders, if there are uh, figureheads of a movement, then that's what uh, the opposition target, specifically the mainstream media, it happened with the Tea Party so they, they got some leaders that put up and they all just got bought out, corrupted, bribed, sucked into the, the swamp and the whole thing dissipated. So that didn't work in that regard. Um, and the alt-right has kind of, it's been, it's been interesting watching it. Um, I thought after the election of Trump that there was a good chance. This, this, this year is the, the year that there's a good chance the alt-right's just going to the whole thing's going to implode. But when I say the whole thing, this is it's really nebulous stuff. When we're talking about the alt-right, what are we talking about? Because I think there's, there's two different things. There's the alt-right that's holding rallies, and we've got Richard Spencer up at the head, and, and some of these other guys who are there trying to get their names in the book. Um, the guy who got baked Alaska, you know, who, who from what I read with his dealings with Mike Chernovich, you know, has got a few screw loses, a few screws loose. Uh, and, I don't, and I don't have much time for Mike my my Chernovich either um but back baked it just sounds like an absolute he baked he sounds like his name is actually very very accurate Richard Spencer Richard Spencer has done nothing in his life absolutely nothing he hasn't had a real job don't tell me that editing tacky magazine is a real job okay I'm sorry um he's he's done absolutely nothing he he hasn't he's his whole, the alt-right for Richard Spencer is the vehicle that will launch Richard Spencer into some sort of political uh, leadership career. It's, it's his catapult. That, that's what it, and it, that, that is absolutely blindingly, glaringly obvious. Um, and I actually listened to part of his podcast that he did after the Charlottesville fuck-up and it was it was it was absolutely astounding and this guy has got absolutely no self-awareness whatsoever and any iota a shred of responsibility i mean if you look at what happened um and if you look at what happened the alt-right got absolutely and when we talk about the alt-right we're talking about this these rallying guys yeah which is a very small segment of it they got absolutely taken in by local law enforcement and in the local city hall I mean, it was a carbon copy outcome of what happened at Berkeley with the riots there. Um, they got set up, they got corralled, the police even were able to move them in different areas and they got absolutely um, hammered. Uh, and then, of course, one of their guys panicked and drove a car uh, through a crowd, uh, killing a woman and injuring several others. An amazing photo of that shot, that photo's been with a, with a black guy, like, just the car, the other side of the black guy, and the black guy fully in in air. 
with his legs up in the air, getting being thrown by the car. Amazing shot, great photo. That'll probably that'll probably win press photo of the year. I reckon that was that was an amazing photo. Um, the question you have to ask yourself is: if the guy hadn't panicked and driven his car through the crowd, and it was panicked by the way, because there's shots of uh, his car being uh, beaten by um, guys armed with. Um, what can only be described as large chunks of wood um, just before he, he he put his foot on the gas and got the hell out of there. Um, if if that hadn't happened and he hadn't charged with the car and he hadn't been, we hadn't had someone killed and blah, 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 blah. What would have been the takeout from the Charlottesville situation? How would we have looked? And as, as I wrote... If we if they they held the torchlit vigil on Friday night, which took everyone by surprise, and including themselves, I think, at how well it went. And uh, if they just stopped at that and then cancelled the rest of the thing and not shown up, then they would have looked brilliant. They would have looked absolutely absolutely amazing. But that that requires an ability to think on your feet and think think strategically. Um, and it just doesn't seem that they've got it. They, they they tried to play by the rules with a local law enforcement in City Hall that were never going to play by the rules with them. What it would have been great was to play by the rules and set everything up for for the the Saturday or the Sunday or whatever it was going to be, and then have your improvised thing before it, um, which literally the call goes out. An hour before, however, however they they did it, yeah, it worked, and that should be your modus operandi for next time. In this regard, um, you've got to, you've got to play this stuff smart. If you're going, if if your local city, if your local mayor is a black guy, black Democrat, Democrat, who who hates you, why do you think that they're going to play fair in any way, shape, or form? Why do you think this is not going to be a setup? This is even getting to the Nazi flag stuff. I, I started seeing photos of this coming up on my Facebook feed from lefty friends, and I was like, Nazi flags? What the hell's going on there? And sure enough, there's been this, the Nazi LARPers. For those of you who don't know what LARPers are, live action role play. So let's dress up and pretend to be Nazis. I mean, I mean, more stupid than this, I just I just don't know. I'm talking about the actual people who do this. More stupid than this, I don't know what there is. I don't know what there is that's more stupid than this. Just because of outcomes. What outcomes are you after here? What upsides are we talking about as regards to you doing this when you're fighting a war with the mainstream media? Why give them that, that ammunition? I just find it, find it an appalling lack of judgment get out there and hold your ground and if people start swinging sticks at you swinging back we saw base stick man base stick man worked fine he did a great job why did base stick man work so much because no one was out there holding fucking nazi flags you idiots this whole no enemies to the right you can't confuse that with no morons to the right yeah no enemies to the right means no sorry yeah, no enemies to the right means no one to the right of you is your enemy as long as they're not a drooling retard. Yeah? 
as long as there's some upside. When you go and ally with people, you just don't choose anybody. Oh, look, yeah, we'll take everyone. We'll take anybody at all. But for a few reasons. One, that tells me you've got no standards. Yeah, If anyone can get in, why should I be bothered? You're going to take anyone. What's so special about... What's so special? You just want bodies? Is that it? Okay, well, then it's just, a, it's just a cannon fodder thing at that point, which I suppose it is. And this is why I say there's two alt-rights. We've got the alt-right that's going out and things like Basic Man and what we saw in Charlottesville and, and what we saw in Berkeley and blah, blah, blah. And then we've got the alt-right, which is the massive groundswell of support on the internet, which is based around the internet, around certain sites, Reddit, 4chan, the blogs, the podcasts, the major the major figures like Vox Day, Stephen Molyneux and that sort of thing. Um, Gavin McKins, please, the guy's a bedwetter. Don't even, don't even please put him in the same basket of what we're talking about. This second thing, the, the, the stuff that's happening online, that's, if, if you were going to say the alt-right had any influence of getting Trump into the White House and I'm really hesitant to say that, that they did. But if you were going to say it, it's the online stuff that did it. Not these guys who are out there um, going toe-to-toe with Antifa. You've got to play smart. Look, you want to take Antifa down. You want to... Okay, I get that. Why were they out there with the, the rally for Unite the Right? Why were they out there? Was it to hang out with guys and listen to speeches from knobheads like Richard Spencer? Was, is that is that the way that you get your? Is it, does that give you like some sort of high? Is that going to like oh set you on fire? Oh, I've heard Richard Spencer. Oh, he's done nothing in his life. He's said nothing. He's written nothing. The only thing he's done is come up with the name of the alt right. Thanks a lot, Richard Spencer. Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, come on. Do you want to go out there with hang with other guys? Now this I understand. And don't forget Rusha's big meetup last year when he wanted to do his uh, meetup around the world, which was just to guys like-minded guys, and got shut down hard. We saw what happened with that. Then I get it, you want to meet up, but why would you do it in a way where... I know, they were protesting the Confederate statue of Richard... Is it Robert Robert E. Lee coming down? Um, Before any of you American listeners give me shit, I know quite a bit of your history. How much do you know of Australia's history? Yeah, all right. Oh, America's more important. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, you got more nuclear weapons, that's for sure. Yeah, they wanted to. There was a point there, but then, but then again, that leads to the third thing. If you're going to hold it, is it so? It's not to listen to. Is it a rally? They tried to have a rally at a place where something was already happening, and it was happening because it's the temp. You know what I mean? There's just so many. There's so many things. What's the focus? What was the focus of that? of that weekend. Let's try and do everything that we possibly can, which means that nothing much gets done, and if it does, it gets done badly. That they managed to pull out, pull a torch lit vigil out of their ass on a Friday night, and it went so well. Um, uh, hats off. I've had, I've had some people commenting on my, um, on my site, on these posts that I've written for the last few days, and also uh, from Facebook and Areas like that that are basically um, there was one here uh, from BWV 
I've enjoyed the past few days pointing out the cucks and lefties that know the Nazis are also eager to condemn and not as bad as Antifa, BLM, DNC, not even close. Um, hmm. Not as bad, okay. What you're basically saying is my shit doesn't stink as much as your shit, but it's, it's still shit at the end of the day. What is the advantage of ever putting ourselves on a level to be equatable with um, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or um, BAM by any means necessary? Well, you know what I mean? What's the what's what's the upsides? Now I'm not saying I'm not saying. You look at you look at my history of what I've been doing and the articles I've written and things that I've said, the things that I've said in interviews. I'm not shying away from this stuff, but you got to get out there. you got to get out It's smart. Okay? This not as bad as Antifa. Well, okay, great. You're not as bad. Hey, here we are. Not as bad as Antifa. Well, that's, I mean, I, I don't, what's worse than Antifa? <laughs> what's, what's worse? Anyway, he went on. The Nazis, and he's always got Nazis in inverted commas. Which, fair enough, because everyone's a Nazi these days, if you're not uh, an SJW. The Nazis didn't chase God out of schools in the public square. They didn't create the PC cult that's drinking the life of America. They didn't create the corruption in DC. Didn't blah, 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 blah. Um, so if a white person wants to cuck or denounce the only people who are at the moment willing to bleed for his right to exist, go ahead, I'll be damned if I will. So apparently I'm a cuck now. Look, criticising your own side's tactics when they don't go well is not being a cuck, you fucking moron. It's really important to be able to evaluate, self-evaluate how things went so you can get better and improve for next time. Because not only is it no enemies to the right, but it seems to be that everything everything that the alt-right does is right because to criticise means you're a cuck. That's just dumb. That's just, This is just now layers of dumbness on dumbness. It was really dumb having Nazi laughers there on the weekend. Really, really dumb. But now, if you criticise that as being dumb, you're now a cuck. So we're not allowed to criticise and learn from mistakes. This is just this is just a layer cake of dumbness. Piling dumbness on top of each other. And this is this these are people who have not got the capacity to be able to think. I think this is layers of dumbness because we're talking about dumb people here. We're talking about dumb people. Who couldn't evaluate their way out of a paper bag. So I'm just going to keep calling it how I'm going to how I'm calling it, right? What's going to happen with the all right? I don't know, but come on, guys, Richard Spencer, enough, enough of this guy. This guy's a joke. He's a tool. Richard Spencer is a tool. You've heard it. You've heard it here, not first, because there's plenty of people saying it. Um, who should be leading the alt right? The one who doesn't want it. The one who's to be dragged kicking and screaming to it. That's the guy that you want. The guy at the front at the front desperate for it? Yeah, what's his what's his what's his motivations? What's his rationale? What's driving him? Very, very suspicious. Just do a little bit of just do, do a bit of looking at history, boys and girls. Just do a little bit of looking at history here. So to sum it up. Yeah, you can have enemies to the right if they're fucking stupid and there's absolutely 
no upside in having them. Yeah? Choose your allies wisely. You can't bring disparate, disparate parts like this together and, and expect any cohesion. If you are going to bring disparate parts together that rub up against each other the wrong way, the only way that works is if you have a very, very strong charismatic leader. And so far, the alt-right does not have that. Not the person who's willing to stick their neck up and do it. Yeah? Once again, just look at history. Let's go with Attila the Hun. Attila the Hun brought all of the different tribes of the Huns together and there were a lot and they all had they all hated each other for different reasons rah, 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 rah. brought them all together in a strong coalition kept them together till the day he died yeah. if you're going to bring these sort of groups together then you need to have someone who's able to bring them together hold them together and use them despite their levels of stupidity Um, there's also been talk around that the, the Nazi flags was a setup that it was actually Antifa with the Nazi flag, that it was a brand new Nazi flag just out of the bag. Uh, I don't know why that means Antifa. I, I can see lefties doing this, absolutely. Um, the left have been using dirty tactics like this for 100 years. Um, I've got no proof of this. If anyone ha does, if anyone's heard anything else, please let me know. Um, get back to me on that one. Um, once again, though, once again, Criticising your own side, so things so so you're out for improvement, so things are better next time. It's not only a good thing; it's needed, desperately needed. A lot of stuff to learn out of this. A lot of self reflection, hopefully. And listening to Richard Spencer's podcast yesterday, there ain't no self reflection there. The guy's a tool. Um. Now, I had another comment I wanted to talk about from my blog. God, I've got a bunch coming in. I'm trying to find it. Oh, Christ, I have to go back a page. Tay5. Tay5's uh, been commenting for a while. while. Um, all right. His, he, I'll, read, I'll read his comment. I really just don't get the points of these types of rallies, especially since they've turned violent. Bottom line, the world has an established narrative of alt-right as being Nazis and of Nazis being these dangerous, violent scumbags, while Antifa and other violent uh, communists are harmless lambs. The media and others will back this narrative to a T. At first, the non-violent rallies where no one fought back were great for showing this narrative to be bullshit and showing that Antifa and they all had to silence free speech at all costs. Then the rallies started getting to be give-and-take fuckfests, but at least this showed Antifa to be just as violent. Now, well, the alt-right has caused the first confirmed casualty. These rallies don't do shit, especially since the internet now exists. Uh, stop playing their game and start playing ours. So he's kind of saying the same thing that I'm talking, I've am talking. i been talking about. Um, and what I've also seen, and this is not what... Tay Fiber's saying, but what I've seen from um, genuine cuck conservative commentators, the bow tie round spectacle brigade uh, in the last couple of days since uh, the weekend's events in Charlottesville, is that the alt right are 
the mirror image of Antifa. They're just as bad. Um, and they're, they're, they're throwing this, this line out heavily. Um, we don't live in a vacuum. This is what my reply is. We don't live in a vacuum. Um, the alt-right only came into being because of and in opposition to the relentless culture war of the left and, and the surrender of mainstream conservatives and conservatism. That's why the alt-right's here. The first, the first shoot of the alt-right was the Tea Party movement and it, it just, they tried to play it with the same game. If you want to look where the alt-right comes from, the, the, it's a really interesting line, but it comes from pickup artists online. So the PUAs, a group that I was never a part of. I did my pickup artistry stuff for real. And the PUAs talked about picking up chicks. There's only, there's only, and a lot of these guys are very smart guys. Very, very smart guys. Some of the smartest guys I've ever interacted with. PUA community. At a certain point, we're really smart guys where they're really good at picking up girls. They're going to gravitate to other stuff. And then Gamergate happened. And a lot of these guys are video gamers as well. And so they got really, really interested in politics the culture why gaming was being subverted by the left and then they looked around and saw how many other areas of the culture had already been subverted things like music and art and architecture and and literature and film and that sort of the, the record industry all, all music all, everything and so this is what this is what the alt-right has grown has grown where, where the alt-rights come from so all of these conservative bow tie brigade commentators saying that the uh, the alt right are just as bad as Antifa, that the mirror image um, are well, they're, they're obviously they're completely wrong. They're also very, very, very um, uh, well. They're, they're lying scumbags. Let's not let's not mince words. They're lying scumbags who who just want to keep on losing in a noble manner. Um, but my reply to Tay Five, and the reason that I read Tay Five's comment is that, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what he's saying. Um, this is a hard one. This is complicated subject. I mean, I've just said before, ten minutes ago, that there's the the alt right rally guys, and then there's the alt right online. This is where the real alt-right is. But sooner or later, it is going to cross into the mainstream because we don't live in a vacuum. The cat is out of the bag. The cat is way out of the bag. And the alt-right grew up, came into being as in opposition to, yeah, because of it and in opposition to um, the unchecked uh, rampage of the left. So sooner or later, you do have to get out there. Because otherwise, what are you? You're just guys on the internet furiously tapping away on keyboards. That can only get you so far. You do have to get out there. And that's why that's why the candlelit, the, the torchlit march on Friday night, the night before the rally, was such a great thing. Look, when it's, when it's managed right, when it's done smart, and that was done smart because they didn't have much time to think about it. This is this is me just guessing, by the way, just looking at events and the, the stuff that I know. Someone who was there and be able to tell me exactly how it came about might say, I oh, actually, Adam, it was totally different. And, but 
no, no problem at all. But the way I see it, the, looking at it, it came came out of its came out organically that uh, that torchlit rally, that torchlit little march on a Friday night. It came out organically, which meant it probably would have happened fast, and everyone would have got along with it. The call out would have gone on the phones. Yep, yep, we're all here, and which means which meant that the the opposition just weren't ready for it. Didn't know what to do. What do we do with this? What do we do with guys with torches? We don't know anything about this. Because remember, in Antifa, they're like, they're all like, they're all like lemmings. They're all going to follow each other off a cliff. So if, if they don't know what, if they haven't been all structured out, then they don't know what to do. So Saturday was all structured out. The alt-right, had, it had all been out there, ready to go for however long it was. So the Antifa and the ilk had heaps of time to work out exactly, and they were all in bed with City Hall. No doubt about it. Black Lives Matter, absolutely no doubt about it. Um, in fact, I saw apparently there were guys from Black Lives Matter beating the crap out of white guys from Antifa. Um, do you reckon Antifa guys will wake up after that? I doubt it. I doubt it. It's just It was just their internal racism that was... The Antifa guys that were coming out and being beaten up by the black dudes, and, and they need to be, they need to be pure of thought next time, and that won't happen to them. That's how they'll rationalise their way out of this. But yeah, so for for Tay Five, it's we don't we don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah, if it stays on the internet, it's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to be keyboard, literally, literally keyboard warrior shit. We do have to get out there. Do have to get out there. I'm absolutely for it. But you've got to get out there in the right way. And you're only, you're only going to get a few chances at this. Another another rally with Nazi flags and the alt-right. Right now when I say alt-right, I can say it with complete confidence that what, what we're doing is on the level, is on the up and up. It doesn't even make sense to have Nazi flags. They were socialists, for Christ's sake. Do you know that the... The underground resistance, the underground resistance in Germany to the Nazis were the far right guys. So going out there with Nazi flags means you're basically saying I'm a lefty. This is why this is why it's so dumb. National socialists, God, come on, people. Why? So like I said, you're not going to get many more chances at this. If alt-right is such a great symbol the name itself i'll give i'll give richard spencer that such a powerful uh such a powerful banner but the name but it will get corrupted and ruined if this sort of thing happens again i'd say when we're not going to get that many chances to slip up and make really dumb mistakes like this, I, I I don't I don't think. And 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 do not forget that Antifa will have watched what happened, and have learnt from this and go, okay, next time, if we manage to maybe have a whole bunch of Nazi flags there that we put there, and we manage to maybe if uh, three or four people get killed, uh huh, uh, maybe they got some of their own guys they just don't like. Oh shit, shit, what's gonna happen then? 
That's what that's what the setup's going to be. Next time. That's what the setup's going to be. And Tifa would have will have watched this and seen how far the alt-right stock has fallen in the three days since the weekend. And they'll go, well, next time we'll just need more of the same. That's the way they're going to look at it. So what, are you going to get out there and give them that chance to do that again? Nah. You got to do it on. You got to do it on smarter turf than this. You don't do it in city halls that have literally a Black Lives Matter dude for a mayor. It's 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 just dumb. Playing straight into their hands. Got to get a lot smarter. Bit more evaluation of risk. Bit more working out what the other side's tactics are going to be. What their strategy is going to be. Did you guys even think about that? Did the, did the guys organising that rally even consider for a moment what Antifa... you got to put them in their shoes. you got to put yourself in their shoes. If I was them... Oh, but they're all dumb. Yeah, most of them are dumb, but yeah, there's some smart guys there. Can't, you just can't go around assuming that your, your opponents are always stupid. Yeah? If they are stupid and they are doing dumb things, for God's sake, don't stop them. Don't stop them from making stupid mistakes. Antifa's stock hasn't fallen since the weekend. Alt-right has. So there you go. So that's my take. That's my take on the weekend's events. Um, and I hope that... Uh, if you have any questions, just uh, email me or write a comment and um, I'll do... I'm not, uh, I'm not answering... Um, I'm generally not answering questions uh, uh, that people put... I'll, I'll, as in written, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll... Um, I'll read them out. I've got a few questions on, speaking of speaking of which, I've got a few questions on last, the comments on last week's uh, podcast from uh, a Polish listener, who's a really good commenter, by the way. It's one of my best, I'm sure the best commenter on the podcast um, with a completely unpronounceable name. So I'm just going to call him Alexander because that's his middle name, which is actually... Uh, he's got here a bit of thing because I spoke about hyphenated names last week. Anyone who's got a hyphenated name should be, you know, obviously thrown into a pile of quicksand. Uh, his comment, don't hate all hyphenated names. Why not? Uh, some of them indicate noble lineage. I'm still hating. Uh, that's often the case in Poland with our unique heraldic system where the coats of arms had their names were sometimes attached to their last name. Also, some hyphenated names are based on a hyphenated name of the family town of origin. Right. Um... All right, can we agree that we can hate all hyphenated names in Anglo-Saxon cultures? Is that, okay, so Australia, Canada, Great Britain, the US, New Zealand. Uh, can we still call South Africa? Um, no, probably can't. Any hyphenated names there? Okay, that's a negative. All right, Poland, we'll let you get away with it. You've got nice looking women. All right, Alexander's second comment. He's just not asking me a question. Uh, okay, so and his other comment was quite funny. Um, so there we go. I've answered those three. Um, all right. Um, I don't think there was. Um... No, there wasn't. Okay. 
so I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, I saw an article um, recently in the Australian press about how Victorian police, police in the state of Victoria in Australia, where I used to live in Melbourne, are a little bit confused and despondent because the despite all of their best efforts to make driving a car um, completely painful, I'll give you an idea in Australia, in, in Melbourne, if he, these are the speed limits, I'm gonna write them down. These are the speed limits that I've seen in Melbourne. Top speed, 100 kilometers an hour on the freeway. Uh, it can go to 80 kilometers an hour in the freeway in sections, I've got no idea why. Just because it gets closer to the city, so apparently that's 80 now. Um, 70 kilometers an hour I've seen in Melbourne. 60 kilometers an hour is the general um, speed limit on major thoroughfares that aren't like a freeway or a highway or something, which inexplicably dropped to 40 kilometers an hour um, in some places. Um, maybe because someone got hit by a car once, so suddenly a whole section will now be 40. Back streets are 50 kilometers an hour, so a side street coming off the street, and this won't be signed by the way, you just have to know this, and I've also seen 30 kilometres an hour as a speed limit in, in uh, far lefty dominated uh, councils such as Fitzroy and Brunswick. It, uh, you could be driving along this, the same road and it will go 80, 70, 80, 60, 50, 70, 40. This is the same road. It's completely insane and they have speed cameras everywhere willing to get ready to give you a $400 fine and take away your licence because you went four kilometres over. It went, it went from from 60 to 40, uh, you didn't know because it's signed so terribly and suddenly you're 20 kilometers over the speed limit and you're fucked, mate. Um, it is just impossible to drive a car in Melbourne. I'm not even talking about the, the infrastructure, infrastructure issues there. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculously bad. So the police are like, you know, because they've, they've had this, this, this campaign, this advertising propaganda campaign, like, you know, one death is too many. You know, we're, gonna, we, we're heading towards zero. As if there's going to be zero fatalities on a road in a year like that's ever going to fucking happen. Uh, and they can't understand why not only has the, has the, because the, the fatality rate have been on the downslide, you know, for 20 or 30 years. So, but now it's plateaued and it's actually even starting to go up. And they're like, oh, right. why is it going up? And remember that the, they just do this in the number of people who have died. So the fact that, that Melbourne's population is increasing by 150,000 people a year, whatever it is, I think it's like 3,000, two and a half to 3,000 new people every week arriving in Melbourne to live permanently. So your, your population is going through the roof and then, oh my God, but we're, we're having more people dying on roads. I mean, there's obviously these people, the, the cops are not really good with statistics percentages or anything like this whatsoever. So there's there's reason number one, you dumb fucks. Reason number two, I've already spelled out. You make it so frustrating to drive a car and get around Melbourne that people get frustrated. When people get frustrated, what do they do? They drive stupidly because they just need to get to the place and a bang crash, there you go. Number third reason. These 150, 120, 150,000 people coming to Melbourne uh, a huge percentage percentage of them come from 
India. We've got a lot of Africans coming in and a bunch of Chinese as well. Here's something interesting. So moving here to uh, Holland, well, when I moved to Italy originally and I needed to get my, my, my driver's license, um, I had to resit whole test all over again. I couldn't believe it because the European, there's no country in the European Union that recognises an Australian driving licence. So here in Holland now, I'm going to have to find my old Italian one. I can drive on my Australian one for six months and then I, I have to go and sit the whole test again unless I can find my Italian driver's licence. So I'm, I'm looking for that at the moment. Anyway, can't find In Australia, they'll recognise any driving licence from anywhere in the world. Anywhere. When I got back from Uganda, I was, because uh, when I was in Uganda, I was, as a joke, I was going to get my bus license. Now, to get, to get a driver's license in Uganda, what you have to do is you go down to the licensing thing, and at the time, I reckon 30 US dollars, which was an average month's wage for the guy sitting behind the counter, 30 bucks, you could have a bus license, you could have a heavy, rigid semi-trailer, you could have a fucking hovercraft license on steroids, as far as they were concerned. They'd give you anything you wanted. No test, no nothing. I mean, sure, it's written on the back of a, you know, some sort of docket and frayed cardboard or something, uh, written in chalk. But there's your driving license, all right? All right here's the amazing thing. Well, I went, to, I went back to renew my license in Australia after getting back from Uganda. This is like 17 years ago. And I was joking. I was, and I, I was joking. I said, oh, I've got my Ugandan bus license, but I can't find it. She goes, oh, well, if you do find it, bring it in. Bring it in and we'll adjust your license. And we'll, because uh, they were the mate, we're having a joke. And she didn't know I was joking. I was like, really? So I can just bring in my, oh, no, 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 yeah. I said, oh, uh, what about my uh, Ugandan Heavy Richard license? Oh, yep, 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 yep. Interesting. So let me tell you now that there are a lot of Indian semi-trailer and truck drivers in Melbourne and Victoria. A lot. Now, if you want to go as an Australian, young Australian guy out of school, 17 years old, and want to become a semi-trailer driver, to get your heavy, rigid semi-trailer licence, you're going to have to spend a lot of money and have a lot of effort and time. You're going to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. If you're listening to this and you're a young fellow in Australia that you want to get a bus license or a heavy rigid or some sort of crazy stuff, here's what you do. Uh, book a ticket to some third world shithole. Get there. Get whatever license you want. Pay whatever bribe you need. Best thing to do is have an expat contact who already lives there and knows the score. You have to know what to be able to do. You just can't rock in. So have your contact. It might be Thailand. It might be Indonesia, Bali. It can be anywhere in the fucking world that you're able to get a license when you're there. Get your license. Fly, have a little holiday. Fly back to Australia. Go into an Australian licensing centre and uh, exchange that piece of shitty paper that you just got for a real licence and there you go. You're good to go. Hmm? Seriously, all of these, all of these truck driving schools should be, could be put out of business overnight. 
over fucking night if people woke up to the scam that's going on here. Because all these Indians, man, they're rocking up for some shithole village in the middle of the Punjab or something like that, and they've got their piece of paper Indian driving licence. And the Australian licensing departments all around Australia recognise them. And this, my friends, is why you're seeing all these taxi drivers are Indian, all of these, all of these truck drivers are Indian, all of these semi-trailer drivers are Indian. There you go. That's how they're doing it. And they drive like third world fucktards. Like third world fucktards. So this is my third reason to the stupid Victorian police why your death statistics are not going down. Yeah? You're importing hundreds and thousands of drivers every year who couldn't drive their own finger up their own asshole. I took a, uh, a taxi from um, uh, my home in Melbourne to the airport to go to Perth. And my wife was in the taxi as well because we were sharing it. She needed to go somewhere else while I was flying out to Perth for a week. This is uh, earlier this year. And I, I phoned a taxi and we got it picked up. And there was an Indian guy, of course. Hey, let me take my, your bag, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, very polite. Get in the back. Uh, asked me which way I want to go. I said, jump on the freeway, take the freeway, take the tunnel under the city, go here because I want to get there. Bang. Right, don't fuck around. Get out there and he... He takes a left onto the busy road from the side street where I was living and he pulls out in what I'll say was an audacious uh, and optimistic move considering the line of traffic that was hurtling at him. Uh, so already I was like, oh no, but kept my mouth shut. Just wanted to get to the airport in one piece. We jump on the freeway and he stays in the left the far, there's like, I think there's like four or five lanes and he stays in the far left one. Now the far left one is eventually going to turn into an off-ramp. And if you use the freeway even a modest amount of times, you know this. He needed to be over on the far right two or three lanes. And there's one thing I hate, it's taxi drivers, any drivers, but if it's a car that I'm in, the taxi driver waits until the last second to get across and then just goes with no real thought to, and we're surrounded by trucks and blah, 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 blah. Sure enough, we're coming up and I'm like, fucking hell. My wife is looking at me, she knows, and she knows that I just cannot, I cannot abide sitting in a vehicle being driven like a dipshit. I'm paying for this, yeah? And I'd also like to stay alive. If you're driving like a dipshit, excuse me, I'm gonna tell you. So I said to him, listen, mate, I hope you're not going to wait until the very last moment to change lanes here. You need to be over. I know, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. I went, dude, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go across. You're going to cross to the far right lane so we get through the tunnel faster. Then you move back into the, into the I told him exactly what I wanted to do because when I was working uh, in my job in Melbourne, I had to do that drive every fucking day. Sure enough, he waited. He was waiting till the last moment. And it was gonna, he was going to put me in the very slow lane in the tunnel. So it was going to cost more money, wasn't I? Dipshit. So we go through. And unbeknownst to me, I'd upset him greatly. I hadn't been rude, by the way. I'd just been forthright. This is what I want. I'm paying. This is what I want. Do this. Thank you very much. And uh, he... Um, Oh, he was tailgating. He was tailgating another another car. And I said, look, would you mind? I hate, geez, I hate tailgaters. 
especially when I'm in the car. The car, the, the car in front of you blows a tire, you're dead. Bang, you're dead. You're right, you're right in them. We're in them. We're in, we're in their car now. Thanks very much at 100 kilometres an hour. <sighs> no imagination, these dipshits. So I say, would you mind not tailgating? He starts, he loses his shit at me. Oh, you cannot tell me what to do. You, you cannot tell you. You cannot tell me what to do. You cannot tell me. Blah, blah, blah. He's just losing his shit. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just looking at my wife in the back going, what the fuck's going on here now? It, it's, 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 it's like, anyway. It starts going back and forth. This is, this is just like going downhill. It's going downhill because I'm not giving an inch. I am not giving an inch. I'm not going to pay for some prick to drive dangerously and then abuse me. And he was, and he was telling me I was a bad guy. So, I mean, guys, you had to be there. It was just like some alternate reality situation. So I'm, I'm not taking this shit. I'm giving it back to him. I'm giving it back. No problem at all. No problem at all. And uh, and at a certain point, uh, um, it was getting pretty heated. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna dance around the bush. It was getting pretty heated. And at some point, I might have made a mention uh, on the fact that uh, we let anyone in this country to drive cars, obviously, even if they can't drive, and blah blah blah. Uh, and he starts going on about how he's uh, he's an Australian. I'm like, no, you're not an Australian. You're an Indian, mate. Why are you saying you're Australian? Ah, and then he, he loses his shit. He loses his shit. I, I have my citizenship, over, And I'm like, well, we're obviously giving our citizenship to just fucking anyone, aren't we? Which is true, by the way. At this point, unbeknownst to me, he pushes a button, which is like a panic button in the taxi, which instantly sets a video going, which is streaming at the taxi center. Yeah? So he spent the whole time abusing me abusing me by the way full-on abusing me and he waits until i'm pissed off then he presses this button and then he dials it down but just pokes enough at certain point at certain point he starts and by the way so he kept he oh, that's what he did this is a while ago so it's coming back to me i said early on he was like you cannot talk anymore you cannot talk and i'm like what i'm looking at my wife my wife's looking at him you can't tell me not to talk. No, no, no. You are not allowed to talk. You are not allowed to talk in my taxi. You cannot talk anymore. This is what I'm like. What the hell? So and then so then we're driving along. This is I'm taking it back a bit here before he pressed the button. We're driving along and he starts and he starts going off again, and he's like screaming and ranting and raving. And I'm looking at my wife. I'm going and I said I said at one point I said to him, so is this the part where I'm I'm still not allowed to talk? You know, you're the one you're the one abusing me. But if I respond, ah, oh, you cannot say anything. You are bad. You are bad. I'm like, I'm not going to hear this. So this is this is what was happening. It was completely, it was complete insanity. So then he's pushed this button. <laughs> this is recording what's going on. I'm just sitting in the back at this point. I'm like, whatever, man. Just take me to the airport. And he said some a few more things. And I said a few things back. Suddenly this voice comes on. We are we are monitoring what is happening here. And I'm like, what the hell? Ah, yes, I have pressed the button. And I just start talking to the camera. I'm like, well, mate, this is what uh, your uh, employee has been doing. These are his, uh, these are his driving standards. I was just, I was just dying. I was just dying for there to be cops to be waiting at the other end. It would have been fucking beautiful. Get there. Oh, the best bit. So remember, my wife, my wife was going with me in the taxi and she was going to go somewhere else that was close to the airport because she had an appointment there. We get to the... <laughs> so she's fucking... 
And at a certain point, my wife lost her shit. She was just like telling both me and the taxi driver to shut the fuck up. She'd had enough, which was fair enough. I'll take that. We get to the airport and we're getting out. And my wife gets out as well. And the taxi driver says, oh, no, 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 no. What are you doing? I will take you to the next place. And I'm just like, what? Look, she's not going with you, mate. I'm not, even if she was, even if she wanted to, to, I wouldn't let her go with you. Oh, no, but it's very, very hard to get a taxi here. And I was just like, dude. And we're out of the taxi here. I said, dude, your little fucking video's not on. Shut the fuck up and fuck off. It was amazing. After everything that had happened, he still expected that he was going to have the fare for my wife to go to the next place afterwards. I mean, it was just complete insanity. Complete fucking insanity. These are the guys that were importing into Australia to drive the cabs. Because uh, you know, apparently we need four, five, seven visas holders to uh, drive. We need to sponsor people because it's so hard to find cab drivers. Apparently, yeah. Um, and they're the ones who are driving around our roads. They're the ones driving the trucks. And the Victorian police. There's this article in the paper. They're wondering, oh, we can't understand why the road toll. You know, is not only is not going down, but it seems to be starting to go up again it's a real disappointment you fucking knobheads who's driving on your roads how many people are driving on your roads what are your conditions like driving on the roads and who's doing it you look at those three questions and you might have some answers to why your road toll is not going down in victoria and it will never ever be zero in a million fucking years you absolute monkeys um all right shout outs this podcast is sponsored by the good time, great taste of Captain Capitalism. You can find it at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com uh, who has his own podcast twice a week, the swear, sweary one and the non-sweary one, the dirty words and the non-dirty words. Sweary, sweary. I wasn't able to pronounce that for a second there. That's bizarre. The good Cap, Cappy has an asshole, has a consultancy business called Asshole Consulting where he will answer your questions. I've used his service before in the past. He was very, very helpful for me. He saved my wife and I from making the epic mistake of purchasing a property in Melbourne. That is Cappy. Um, and uh, he's got a YouTube channel as well. And he's got about seven or eight books out, much more than me. So uh, go and check out all of Cappy's stuff. He does really good work and uh, he's a good friend, a great friend of this podcast, and I appreciate that very much. Um, another person you want to go and check out, also sponsor this podcast, The Other McCain. Uh, the, the Other McCain, Robert McCain and his sidekick Kevin have been huge supporters uh, of, uh, of my blog. Um, and um, there, uh, you can check The Other McCain out at. Uh, theothermccain.com he uh, he writes five or six times a week a whole bunch links all the time to other sites uh, he's got heaps of stuff going go and check him out my books uh, I have two books out Pushing Rubber Downhill which is uh, a journey to manhood via white water adventures the story of how I got my shit together as a young man who didn't have his shit together in any way shape or form and it's all the background of being a whitewater rafting guide which has got heaps of chicks and thrills and spills and fun and my second book run guts pull cones a rafting adventure from the italian alps uh further adventures and uh hilarious instances 
and also a bit of uh, underlying seriousness uh, in the sense of how important it is for men to work together with other men in a masculine environment, not in a HR department or some bullshit like that. My third book, which is called From Beta to Alpha, How to Be a Man in a Feminized World, um, I'd hoped to have out a few months ago, but uh, the move to Holland really took the focus my focus away. I just wasn't able to work on this at, at all. Um, everything that I wrote was shit, and I basically threw everything I did in the bin. Uh, you'll be happy to know, for those who enjoy my books, and are looking forward to this one, that since I got to Holland, the juices have started flowing again. And I'm talking writing here, you dirty bastards. The juices have started flowing, and things are happening in that regard. So uh, I'm hope no, I'm not going to put any times on it. I'm telling them, but I'm just going to keep doing it, see how it's coming out, see how it's going, and um, and then hopefully uh, once I've once I've got a better grip grip on once I've done the first draft, once the first draft's done, then I'll start talking to you about when it's going to come out. But it's it's now happening, so that's good. That's happy days. Uh, this has been the Pushing Rubber Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you liked it. Uh, leave a review on iTunes um, if you really like it and you want to keep listening follow me on SoundCloud tell your friends, tell your enemies um, tell your loved ones send me ch- photos of hot chicks for the hot chick of the week you know you want to and I'll see you next week it's been a blast as always don't you go changing